wonderful happy people, you're listening to the Happy and Corporate Podcast, a podcast that teaches you how to be happy and grow in and out of the workplace. My name is Benny. I'm an executive coach working in sales for a big corporation. I'm sitting down with my mic here to discuss all of the things I wish I had known before starting my career. In this podcast, we talk growth mindset, we talk happiness, we talk health, we talk becoming a manager and so many other topics. But what you will have is 100% authenticity and vulnerability, 100% English mistakes, and I hope 100% value in those episodes for you. But enough introduction, let's deep dive into today's topic. Welcome back to this series where we learn all about how to become the best people managers possible from the best people managers there are around. The reason I am starting this series is because in my current role, I move from teams to teams every three to six months to cover for any long-term leaves within our EMEA teams. And one thing that I found very common is individual contributors stepping into their first manager roles and being totally lost. So of course, Many companies do provide training to managers around compliance, ethics, HR, etc. But there are very few that do provide training around how to be a great people manager and the intricacies and responsibilities that come with it. So in this series, I'll try to bring to you people that I've heard are great managers or have experienced as great managers myself so they can share their wisdom with us. In today's podcast, we are welcoming Cedric and Cedric is a manager at Meta and he's also an executive coach. If you're looking for an executive coach, he has a website walkthetalk.ie. He is bringing a different perspective on how to be a leader and a manager, a manager and a leader both together within this conversation and I hope you will find something valuable and slightly different from what Sam brought to the podcast in our first episode first interview. Without further ado, let's deep dive into today's conversation. Hi Cedric, how are you? Hello, very good, very good. All good, thank you. I'm happy to receive you on the podcast today as our second interviewee for the series on people managers, amazing people managers. But I'm really happy to have you on the podcast. And maybe can you introduce yourself for the people that are listening to us today? Thanks to you. I'm glad we collaborate again on something. I'm really excited about this. So I'm Cedric. I'm uh, 44. I'm French, as everyone can hear. I've been uh, manager for... I was trying to do the maths before yeah, our, our discussion. I think we're getting close to 17 years, so a, a while. I've been at PNG for a lot of time, that you know, for more than 12 years, and then at Facebook now, Meta, for it's going to be seven years. That's it, and I'm more than a Meta and a PNG, as we were discussing before. I'm also a dad, he's been living in Ireland for seven years, and a coach on the side also, because that's my passion, and that's how we met, so something we share, I think. And maybe that's a good segue into my next question, which is like, what drove you to people management? I think I have kind of an idea, but I want to hear it from you. Yeah, you know, it's one of those questions when, yeah, when you do the coaching, you're trying to, to go back on what's the link, what's your story, what's your values, etc. And actually, it started quite early, actually, when I, I don't know if it's the same in other countries, but you know, in France, you have at school this kind of election of the representative of the class. And while I would say most of the people didn't care, I cared a lot about this. So 
I wanted to be elected. Uh, I wanted to lead the class and I wanted to be elected every single year. So that's probably a first sign of interest in, in management and leadership. And then uh, the memory I have like is when I was a teenager, when most of the kids would uh, would read like football magazine or, or car magazine. I'm playing cliche here, but I was uh, reading management, which like French people would know it's a magazine on, on business when I was 15. So that was the only magazine I was reading, uh, mainly because I guess my dad was buying it. So yeah, when I try to look, uh, it looks like it started from a long time ago. And, and for me, that was always the goal. So when I joined my first company, really my question was when I can become manager because I knew that was something I wanted to do. I had one opportunity at one point to go back to individual contributor when I joined Meta, so stop being manager. And I really enjoyed it. We can come back to that at one point. But uh, I think because my strengths were really into leading a, a team, uh, even after six months, they asked me to be a manager again. And I was like, okay, I guess that's uh, that's that's my destiny. I need to go back at it. So yeah, it seems like it's part of my, uh, of my, uh, of my mission. Yeah. Yeah. I like the kind of like leadership angle. Because uh, I feel like a lot of people think people management, people first. And considering you did you did say in the intro you you know doing coaching etc. You can assume oh it's all about people, but I like how you it's about leading a team and not just like individual people within a team. So interesting. Tapping into a bit a bit. I'd love to hear your point of view Ben on that, which is uh, what is management and what is leadership. I have uh, always an argument with people. Yeah, management is a title. You like you become manager because suddenly you got a position which is manager of something, but it doesn't make you a leader. And at the same time, you can be leader without having people reporting to you. So I think we should, uh, they're just two different concepts. We should never oppose them and, and two different, uh, yeah, skills needed for the two different roles. No, I think it's like one of the topics that are re that is really like top debate, even when I see on LinkedIn, like a lot of people relate to that in their posts of you can lead even without being a manager and um, you can be a manager, but not be a leader, et cetera, et cetera. So I definitely agree. You can, I feel like even from a individual contributor perspective, you can still be a leader in your own role and inspire people, motivate people around you, rally people around like you for a project or whatever. Yeah, there's no like, oh, I become manager, therefore I become a leader kind of t uh, perspective. But coming back to your first experience, when you first move on to your first people manager role, was it like an opportunity, a chance? W what was it? I think it was, uh, you know, the, the, the career path actually of PNG at that time. I don't know if that's still today. So Procter Gamble used to, in marketing, you needed to have like four years as product manager to become a brand manager. And when you become a brand manager, you had people reporting to you. And uh, it was kind of mandate career path. I found that in some of the tech company, uh, like at least at Meta, it's, you can keep actually growing your career without managing people, which I think is great because not everyone should become a manager. But at that time, it was really a career, uh, like to progress, you had to become manager. So that was anyway a mandate. And then for me, it was, yeah, I knew I would really feel fulfilled uh, becoming a manager. I had the intuition of that. So um, yeah, I was uh, I was really impatient. So both uh, opportunity and the need actually, yeah. Impatient to start. <laughs> Can you maybe break down like the kind of areas that your job encompasses and maybe some of the strengths that you have that you feel you're using the most in your day-to-day -day job? Okay, so I'll say there is the first part, which is leadership, which is vision, the mission of the team, you can discuss the value of the team, and then the strategy, the plan, the accountability, the reporting, all of that. 
And then I think in, in terms of uh, manager, now I see more and more twofold, which is, uh, you know, it's linked to the, to the book uh, uh, Radical Candor um, that I'm sure you're familiar with. Uh, so one part is uh, really about like challenging directly and especially in sales. And that's something when I was saying like still learning, I'm trying to implement it now, which is, okay, let's push a bit on uh, where is the opportunity What's the status of the plan? Trying to be a bit pushy on one side and then having a separate meeting, uh, which is uh, more on coaching, supporting. So the other part of Radical Condor, which is caring personally. That was recommended by uh, my uh, neighbor who's a uh, head of sales uh, at Qualtrics and I'm trying to implement. And uh, I think the, yeah, these are the three big components. Uh, the first one being like more like once a quarter, once a month, heavy work for one or two days. And then the other is more on a weekly basis. Um, yeah, one by one. Yeah. Do you feel like there are some strengths of yours that you're using on a day-to-day -day basis that are really helping you and maybe setting you apart from other managers? The strengths, I think I'm using them the most and, and I think it's, it is valuable in sales and in uh, management and leadership, which is uh, listening skills. It's funny how we sales people spend a lot of time on, on training on what to say. Well, I think the true value is how you listen. And, and in coaching, it's the opposite. You spend a lot of energy on trying to build your listening skills. So this is what I'm trying to use uh, most of the time. I think that's what makes me uh, unique. Not today in this podcast, but uh, in general. <laughs> and it's interesting because I feel it's like one of the most underrated skills that you can develop. And actually, that's something you can develop. You don't have to have it uh, naturally uh, to be a good listener. I feel like you can work on it and develop it as a skill. Yeah. yeah. Any specific part of your job that you feel like this is a part that I enjoy definitely the most? What I enjoy doing is uh, the career conversation. And it's very interesting because it's an important part of a manager and leader, but we have very few training. I don't know if you had any, but I didn't have any training on how to have a career conversation, but the coaching helped me a lot to do that. So, and it's really, I'm always amazed by how in just 30 minutes, you can unlock conversation that's really going to change people's career. It's very simple model I follow. I'm trying to understand, okay, tell me everything that happened in your career so far. And every time you had a change, what drive the change, etc. Where are you today? What do you like? What you don't like? And then let's brainstorm pure coaching exercise on what's the ideal uh, job. Then I help people to make connection. And, and why I love it is because that's something after 30 minutes, I see people really thanking me and, and, and saying like, I really value this exercise. It makes me realize I should do it more often. I actually don't do it with everyone and I should do it with everyone. So that's a good reminder for me. It's, a, it's an interesting point you mentioned because I feel like we all trained as managers to have the conversation about the career, but sometimes it's just, for some people, it's just ticking having the conversation, but not necessarily knowing how to navigate. And I feel like the hardest part also for people is to, yes. to really define what do they want next. And when you have, you know how to navigate that conversation, which is also what type of strengths do they have, what do they enjoy, what gives them energy, the values, da 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 then it's, it's much easier for them to know, okay, this is what I want to do next. And then, you know, it's easy to help on the action plan if you know where they want to go. Absolutely. I think you're, you're pointing something very interesting. Is So what some companies do is that they say, okay, we're going to track the amount of career conversation that happen. And ideally, you put that in an individual development plan a document somewhere that no one is going to read. And you have to have 100% completion. And we think that happens. But as you said, 90% of the case, people don't even know what they want to do. 
like you can fill any document you want, but you you don't have a solution if you are not able to help people to find out what they want. Um, yeah. So so okay. that's uh, the challenge. But people would say it's not the role of the manager to do that. But then if the manager don't do that, I don't I don't see who is going to do it. Like there is no one who's going to help you in your career except the coach, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say about if you hire an external coach, but if you don't, then you're a little bit stuck into that. I'm having the conversation with myself, and sometimes it's not really helping. <laughs> yeah, um, no. to go around is like hey this is what i'm good at and what else <laughs> anything that you feel like you would have loved to know before you had your first job as a manager yeah i think the balance between like challenging and caring that's something actually quite recent okay. since i read the book two years ago uh, radical condor and i think so far i was really convinced that the more support the better but then i realized when you manage like especially like top talent, high performer, just being a support, it's just not good enough. I always use the example of um, trying to be one myself, that the worst feedback I could receive from my manager is uh, what you're doing is great. Keep doing what you're doing. Like that's, that demotivates me totally. Like I, I, but someone who said like, you're doing great, but you could do better by doing this, this, this. This, yeah, that keeps me motivated. So I think when you start being, a, for me at least, when I became a manager, I just wanted to be loved. And so I wanted to support everyone. And it took me a while. It took me like 10, 10 years, a bit more even to realize that what top performers were looking for was the challenging part. And that's the muscle I needed to build. I've read also somewhere that you need to also make sure that you invest time with your high performers because sometimes you can be mm. dragged into looking after a lot of uh, your lowest performer or average people and, you know, thinking high performers, they're performing really high. I don't kind of need to take care of it. Absolutely, because it's it just... It's harder to manage a high performer, actually, because you need to, to think more deeper about, yeah, where is the opportunity where should they stretch themselves? How could they stretch themselves? So while the temptation is more to fix the issue and, and the, the lower performer. So no, absolutely. And sometimes I need to correct myself in terms of time allocation. Um, but what I, I told my team is, if you feel you're not challenged and you're not learning, you need to tell me because I'm not doing my job correctly then. And because I know that they're going to leave soon. If they don't feel challenged, a top performer is going to live in six months a year or a year. So that's very important for me that uh, I know where they are. It's interesting. So that's the way you engage them and motivate them to stay on the long term and basically participate to the success of your team as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I generally people leave because they don't learn anymore. Yeah. And so it's a, and that's your role as a manager to ensure that they feel they keep learning. And they, it, especially in our company, um, you can do so much more than on the same role. That's my job as a manager to give them opportunity to learn something new. Yeah. And then the same for myself when I feel I'm not motivated anymore and I want to leave. I'm like, How, do I really want to leave? Or it's more I'm not learning. And then what could I do to learn something new on my on my job? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and keep the learning and the kind of nourishing your brain with like exciting challenges in a way. Is there like any maybe experience where you can share one of the hardest things you've been doing and going through as a manager? Yeah, yeah what I uh, hate doing is managing out. Like that's really the most difficult. And I think that's why I always try to pick company which were fast growing because you have less uh, of this to do and yeah. uh, that was uh, <laughs> in theory and depend on the circumstance but yeah in any role you have to do that at some point and actually 
I realize if you want to build a high-performing team, it is a necessary step, especially when you arrive as a new leader. It could be a good way to say to to set a standard and to show like, yeah, that's a serious job and that's a standard of performance you're expecting. Now, like being really um, by nature caring of people, that's of course the most difficult thing. Um, you need to accept that uh, there is no good ending. The people are not going to like you. That's it. And that for me was really hard to accept that uh, some people will not like me. Yeah. I think this is, uh, especially for people that are a little bit on the people pleaser side, this is like also really important to know maybe beforehand. I've heard, uh, I think it was last week, somebody told me the best thing about managing people is managing people. The worst thing about managing people is managing people as <laughs> well. And managing out, as you as you were mentioning, is uh, yeah one of the things that I feel like also you have, you went through this experience also in the last year as well, and that's not the best. The best thing is, for instance, hiring people because everyone loves to hire people and it's everyone thinks they hire the best people. What is really difficult, and I think the great leader managed to recognize that maybe they made a mistake in hiring some people. And it's not a question of good or bad people, it's just I really believe it's uh, the, the wrong context or the wrong position for that person. But that's the hard part. And then, like every hard part, that's a thing you don't like to do. Yeah. But it's such an important part if you want to build a high-performing team that... Uh, Something I am more and more into, uh, yeah, I need to accept. And that's one of the parts I'm learning and, and trying to grow. Yeah, it's an ongoing development. And it's interesting you mentioned that because I feel like it's like, I, when I arrive at that manager position, my learning is done. But no, you continue to learn and grow also as a manager and as a, as a human being as well. Just full stop. And that's also uh, maybe a good thing for all the people who are really impatient to become manager, which I know it's about everyone. Like, you know, you always fancy the, the, the good side, but I'm glad you asked the question because we should ask the people, like, do you feel ready to manage out someone and to do it in the best way possible so the people don't lose confidence and leave that they learn something and they feel ready to go to a different job? Because if you don't, uh, don't feel ready, well, that means probably there's a lot of things to learn before becoming a manager. Yeah. And I think that leaves me greatly in the kind of last question, almost last question uh, to today's podcast, which was the question I had for you is what is your one piece of advice for people that aspire to be people manager in a, in a near future? Yeah, the first thing is to be patient because I know the, the opportunity never comes as fast as you would like to it takes more and more time, especially in our in our business. So, but that doesn't should not stop people to start getting ready for it. So, there's tons of training available. So you feel you keep learning and building uh, uh, your skills, so you're ready for the day. Because the first question you're gonna get when you're gonna apply for a manager interview is, "Tell me about your management experience." And you're gonna say, "Well, I don't have any. That's why I'm applying for a role." So. But you need to come out with a story. And if you have any story, say, look, I took coaching lesson and I did this program with my team and I was able to move people from here to here. Uh, or I create this training program or I mentor X and X people. These are all the, the projects you're going to use for your, your interview. So yeah. so if you, my tips for if you want to become a manager is uh, don't wait to become a manager to start having experience so you can uh, be ready for the interview. Yeah. And have yeah, the elements, the kind of examples that you can use to show exactly like the type of skill they are looking for. And then once you become manager, what is, I mean, it's changing right now, but what is funny is like a one way door, you know, you become manager, then you'll be manager almost all your life. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad it's changing now, actually, because uh, with all the, the layoff and all of that, uh, some people are asked to become 
back to individual contributor, which I think it's just not saying it's easy at all, but uh, it makes sense that it should not be a one-way uh, street anyway. Yeah. But yeah, because it's a one-way system, that's why it's so hard. This door is so hard because once you're manager, you don't have to prove it again. It's done. So I think people need to accept it is hard. It takes time. Uh, in the meantime, what can you do to to be ready? It's interesting. I have never thought about it as like, once you went through the door, it's kind of like forever in a way, but it's an interesting perspective because if you look at the lens of time, you're going to be a manager, then well, like if you wait one, two, three years more to be a manager, then I mean, you're going to have what, 30, 40 years potentially of like being a manager. So it's plenty of time to experiment it and make discoveries, etc. And then you can transfer from one company to another on the manager role because I know otherwise it's hard. People, they're not going to take someone new who doesn't have a proven manager experience yet. So, so it's always the best places where you are, try to become a manager and then move. But sometimes it's possible. Sometimes it's, uh, I'm not saying it's never possible. You can do the two, moving company and becoming a manager. It's just harder. Yeah. It's just setting expectations. <laughs> the manager in you is setting expectations. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm saying this for uh, the people in my team who want to become manager, which means almost 50% of them. Yeah. We're coming up to the end of this podcast, Cedric, already. But if we want to stay in contact with you, I know you're pretty active on a lot of like social media, etc. Where should we go? My main channel remains uh, LinkedIn. So Cedric Leperf, you'll find me. Um, then on Instagram, walkthetalk.ie. Or just Google walkthetalk.ie. Hopefully I should show up. Otherwise, I'm going to ask my Google friends to to put me in. Um, yeah, that's the best way. The LinkedIn, Cedric Leperf, we are, I'm the only one, hopefully. So uh, easy to find. I'll try to put more content uh, going forward. And I hope you're going to challenge me on this, as we always do. But... I will. I will keep you accountable. Be careful. Exactly. Um, but I'll leave you at the link to your LinkedIn profile and to your Walk of the Talk uh, website and your Instagram also channel um, onto the notes of the podcast so that people can directly go there and click um, on the links to find you. But thank you so much for your time on the podcast. Really happy that you made it, um, technically yes. speaking, because today was a technical challenge. And um, looking forward to see you and hear you on the podcast very soon. Merci, René. Thank you for listening to this episode of Happy Incorporate, the podcast. If you feel this episode could be valuable to someone else, make sure you share it with this lovely person and subscribe to the podcast on the platform you use. If you have some feedback, make sure you leave it to me on Instagram and see you very soon for another episode. Mm-hmm.